<laughs> Welcome to Rock Solid Ministries Frontline Servants Christmas 2021 podcast. Beth and I have once again joined Greg and Lori at their beautiful Corinth, Mississippi home, just about a mile from our own place. And this year, the four of us are joined by Kristen Christman from our office in Fulton, Mississippi. So the whole Rock Solid gang is here to share from our hearts to yours. So let's get started. Joy to the world, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ. While fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy, repeat the sounding joy, repeat, repeat the sound. Greg and Lori, good to be back at your home. Yeah. Last year we thought it was going to snow, and this year we're sitting in front of your beautiful fireplace with no fire. Yeah, because we could probably open the window. Uh, it's 61, 62 degrees, and a gentle Mississippi rain <laughs> has been coming down all day. Um, well, I'm going to start off this year by asking about your favorite Christmas movie. Anybody want to start? <laughs> My favorite Christmas movie, and I, I don't know, we have a lot, we have a whole library of Christmas movies. We set out at one point to say, we're going to watch a Christmas movie every night from, you know, however many we have till Christmas. Well, we'd probably have to start in September, so we never <laughs> have really done that. But one of my favorites, I'm just going to go with the nutty one. I'm going to go Home Alone. The original Home Alone. <laughs> and, uh, and it does, you know, you get to kind of a little moral there at the end where they meet in the church at the candlelight service. Where After the paint cans yeah, and, and, all that, and all, all that. that good yeah. stuff, you know. All the violence. But uh, one of the things that I always remember about it was so funny. The first time that I saw it, Lori and I went with a, we, we were preaching in Collins, Missouri. So it, we were, I was just uh, 20, 21 years old, something like that. And uh, we took our only girl in the youth group to the movies uh, one night to see Home Alone. And we all went to Springfield to watch Home Alone. And there was this little girl sitting behind us. She was probably four or five years old, something like that. And she was getting such a kick out of it. It made it that much funnier. <laughs> because every time, you know, one of the villains started to go into one of the traps, she would say, Oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no. And then she would just burst out laughing, you know, whenever it happened. So I always remember that, but that's that's one of my nutty Christmas favorites. You know, that that's uh, when you're watching a movie with, and there's somebody else that's getting that much pleasure out of it. It's like anything in life. Mm -hmm. If you see someone else getting pleasure. Now, Beth has never been a Three Stooges fan. Yeah. Never. I don't know too many women that are. Yeah, but God, okay. <laughs> but God bless worst. the ones that are. But, you know, they, they had that new Three Stooges movie come out. We were out traveling. We were in Pennsylvania. And there was some other movie came out. And we rarely ever go to movies. But we had an extra night. And uh, we, we saw what was on. And I said, no, we could go to this movie, some romantic movie of some kind. And Beth knew about me and the Three Stooges. She said, we'll go to the Three Stooges. <laughs> we're just going to go. And we got in there, it was in the afternoon, and I think there were four other people there that were older than us. <laughs> and they were way down, and, and, and they were just falling over laughing. 
and Beth did too, and she had to admit that that was a good movie. And I think it's because when you share the joy, you know, and, and I think that goes with it a lot. Um, let's go to Beth. Christmas movie, Beth. I, I think my favorite Christmas movie is It's a Wonderful Life, although I don't enjoy watching it much anymore because it's so long. Mm. I really enjoy the, the story. I, I enjoy thinking about what would your life what would life be like without you? Mm. And and they've done it a million different ways now with every character or every actress and actor in the world doing it. But it's just the thought that life would happen without you. And how are you gonna? How are you gonna be? And I just have always liked that. Even when I was little, I I liked that movie. That was one of my favorite movies. And of course, I always liked Jimmy Stewart. So like it. Jimmy Stewart's one of my favorite actors. Of course, some people listen to this. Who listen? People who listen to podcasts may not even know who Jimmy Stewart <laughs> is, but I, I like. It. But for the same reason, uh, it's a little long, but it was always a favorite. And uh, I'll tell you my favorite. I'm gonna jump in here. Uh, hands down, A Christmas Carol, 1951, Alistair Sim. Mm. Very best one. First time I ever saw A Christmas Carol, I was five years old. And I looked it up today, just to find out. Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol. Uh, <laughs> premiered on TV. And that would have been black and white, I'm pretty sure. And uh, my mother said, you want to watch that? I didn't know what Christmas Carol was. But I, uh, everybody liked Jim Backus, mm-hmm. you know, the voice of Mr. Magoo. <clears throat> and... Uh, I watched a little bit of it today before I came this morning just to, just to remind myself what it was like. And it was really well done for a cartoon. But I remember sitting there thinking, this is a Christmas carol? This ought to be Halloween. You know, it was pretty <laughs> scary to me. And I, I didn't understand that. But uh, years later, as I became a Christian and uh, began watching it with different kind of eyes... Uh, the Alistair Sim, which we have in both black and white and color, and I don't recommend the colors. There's no colorizing, no black and white film. But I don't believe there's any actor. Kelsey Grammer played that part of Scrooge. Uh, there are so many others. Even uh, Marlo Thomas did a, one from the female side years ago. And, and there's so many of them. But I don't believe there's any actor that ever portrayed the redemption of man better than Alistair Sim. And uh, I get emotional watching every year. I just get getting old, you get more emotional. But when I see him on Christmas morning wake up and he realizes that he's alive and been redeemed, you understand the whole redemption story and what he had to do. And when he's dancing around his room and, uh, and, and stands on his head, this old guy stands on his head in a chair and <laughs> scares his housekeeper to death. Uh, and... And then tries to give her money for a Christmas present. When she can't believe, he said, you know what this is for? And she says, to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> no, 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 it's for you, for Christmas. Uh, to me, that that speaks Christ all over. And I understand now what that was all about. Um, anyone else? Uh, Kristen. Um, I don't know that it really classifies as a Christmas movie, but I and I'll watch it any time of year. Uh, but meet me in St. Louis. Oh <laughs> man, that's I a good one. love that end of the movie mm-hmm. when she sings "Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas." And I don't know, it made me a Judy Garland fan for life. Mm-hmm. Definitely, so, yeah. I yeah. can I can watch that any time of year though. Like Halloween, we watch it. Christmas, mm-hmm. we watch it. It's just because everything. it's one of those you said. This could be yeah. 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 It, it covers yeah. all of them. Yeah, it's every season. So and all the the music in that movie is. Amazing, so 
I don't know. We it were all, a musical family, though. We always watched all the musicals at our house. <laughs> another good moral in that story. I mean, because you, I mean, Greg found a moral in Home Alone, <laughs> which is true. It's there, but is that home is so important, and home is more important than money and a raise and pay and moving uh, to be where your family is happy and safe. And I think that's that's an important uh, moral. Okay, Lori, we saved you for last. Okay. Well, my favorite Christmas movie is um, The Preacher's Wife. And it's, oh. not, it's not the old The Bishop's Wife. I mean, that one's okay, but I really like the newer one that's The Preacher's Wife um, with Denzel Washington and Whitney, Whitney Houston. Houston. Yeah. yeah, and I remember <clears throat> making the boys, well, all the kids, watch it with me. Every year, you know, there for a while, and they always like, oh, you know, I don't want to watch the preacher's life. <laughs> but um, it kind of just shows in there some of the ups and downs of being a preacher. And so now I'm glad that I made them watch it because now maybe they understand a little more. And then, you know, it brought the whole Christmas story into it also. And that's always been my favorite ever since it came out. I, I would really encourage um, our ministry friends to watch that one. I, I, don't, I don't know that I've ever seen the original one. Or if it plays, okay. Can that. I I'll put in my two cents? I like the Bishop's Wife. Okay. I like the just because I like the old black and white one yeah. movies, you know. And but the I don't know if the other one plays that uh, part out as well. But there were there were certain years that I couldn't watch the Preacher's Wife because I said that hits too close to home. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he says nobody cares. Yeah, and uh, but a great movie. Encourage you to watch it. It it ends up being encouraging. Yeah, yeah. You can get that far into it. Yeah, (laughs) I think it does too. And the other one with David Niven, and I think it's Cary Grant, Mm -hmm. uh, comes to that. What's important because uh, the bishop, I guess he's a bishop. I don't understand all that because we don't we don't do that kind of thing. But uh, he's he's wanting to raise money for a big cathedral. That's going to be his legacy and in the end he realized that that's that is not what is important and, uh, got another song for us sure Last year we talked about favorite, uh, some of our favorite memories from Christmas, and I listened to that again last night. I wanted to make sure I didn't retell a story. And uh, what's interesting is I've noticed since we did our first Christmas podcast last year that it gets downloaded all year long. 
people mm-hmm. are listening to it all year long. So maybe it's an encouraging thing. Uh, it, it's like that Hallmark uh, Christmas in July or whatever it is. Or Sirius Radio does that on the old time Christmas in July. And and uh, I don't know, do, do you have any... I'll ask for stories or maybe just something that you love about Christmas when it comes around. Or if you've got another old story or you want to tell both, that's fine. And uh, I'm going to... I'm going to start with Beth on this one. You got something, Beth? Well, I thought about it, and I went way back to my childhood. And I grew up in Florida, and of course Christmas is not what you see in the shows. It's sunshine. (laughs) You're out in your shorts and and doing that. But I remember we had an old creche, a nativity, and they must have bought it like at Walmart or, well, not Walmart. We didn't have Walmart. Uh, I don't know. Woolworths. Woolworths. Yeah. Woolworths. At the Woolworths store. And <laughs> we had a bookcase, and it was a 50, 60 thing, but you had a planter in the top, and the crash sat underneath. And we had a Florida room, and so the back wall was all windows, and that was sitting there. And I, I remember standing at the crash. I was a real big singer then, uh, and singing Away in the Manger. And that just came to me the other day, that how precious that memory is. And I just see that room, and I am there. And I was probably six or seven. So, um, But I, I just remember that for some reason. That just is a, a memory, a strong memory. That's good. Some of the memories from our childhood are some of the best. Yeah. Yeah. Greg, you got something? I, I do, but I'm going to let Lori tell hers first because it kind of sets up what happens in mine. Okay. Well, we talked, obviously, we talked about this before we started, what uh, memories and all, but um, one of my favorite memories, I guess it's not a memory, but um, when I was a kid, you know, I grew up in a town, small town in Kansas where, you know, all your grandparents and aunts and uncles and cousins and everything all lived within six blocks of you, you know? Wow. And um, so my grandparents lived two blocks from us, and um, every year, Christmas Eve, was at Grandma and Grandpa's house, and um, we, we would all go over there for, you know, finger food, sandwiches, whatever we had that year, and... Um, the thing was, as we grew as a family, by the time Greg and I moved away, I mean, we were married and had two kids, and my cousins were getting married, my sister was married and had a kid, you know, and we all still went to Grandma and Grandpa's house on Christmas Eve, but the thing was, their house was only about, about 1,200 square feet, so, you know, there were <laughs> 20 of us jammed in there, sitting on top of each other, tripping over TV trays, trying to eat, you know, and, and every year it was... Um, especially when uh, all of us cousins started getting married and everything, we, we would challenge the new members of the family to have to eat whatever the delicacy was that year. Most of the time it involved, you know, like oyster soup or something Ooh. gross like that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, all the guys, as they married all of us girl cousins, they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll eat that, you know, just to prove themselves. And... Um, so then we'd all stand back and laugh at them. 
Yeah, you kind of stumbled on the part of my story, but oh, I, still, sorry. I still have more left. Sorry. Since I was the, <laughs> Lori's the oldest grandchild, so I was the first outsider to enter in, and so there really wasn't anybody to haze me. But <laughs> at, uh, when my brother-in-law came along, yeah, we made him, you know, we made him like the oyster soup. I don't know if he ever did really like it, but he ate it because all the men he did. He acted like he did. Yeah. And then, uh, then we, you know, then then we were partners in crime as as her cousins began to bring boys to Christmas Eve. And the first one was Adam, and uh, we really love Adam. And he came uh, along in his first Christmas, and uh, of course he had to eat the oysters like the rest of us. And Again, I don't know if he liked them, but he ate them. <laughs> and uh, then we kind of stumbled upon a, a new tradition where, uh, in addition to making him eat something that he may not have liked, we also decided to get him a gag gift. And somebody had said something about, or we'd heard him say that he wanted a cowboy hat. Okay, and, and Coffeeville, Kansas, is a it's a western, old western cow town. That's not yeah. unusual that people would wear cowboy boots or cowboy hats. And the fair and rodeo is still the biggest thing every year. And so somebody said he, or we heard him say he wanted a cowboy hat. So I started looking around and somebody said, oh, I've got a cowboy hat, I'll give you. And it must have been from the 70s. <laughs> it was a denim cowboy hat. It was uh, it was something that you'd wear with a leisure suit. You know, really, <laughs> don't even go into the yeah, leisure suit. That you might, that you I might have nightmares a, about those on I an know. early episode of Dallas or something. You know, I mean, it was it was it was the ugliest thing and something that nobody would want to wear. You know, in the '90s for sure. And uh, so I thought that is perfect. And so we boxed it up, wrapped it up, didn't put a name on it, who it was from, just to Adam, and. Uh, he opened it up, and of course, you know, this is his first Christmas and really being around everybody, and he opens it up, and you can tell by the look on his face, it's just like, oh my goodness, what in the world? But he has to act like he loves it, because ever, <laughs> but he's around all these strangers, you know, and he doesn't want to offend anybody. Grandma might have bought it. That's right, you know, so he's like, yeah, this is great, you know, and, he, and, we're all, and finally, we all just can't contain ourselves. And, uh, but then that became the pass around. And so we all, we have a, we've had a pass, that one got lost somewhere along the way, but we've always had a pass around since then. And the next year that person gives it to somebody else, but they add a little something to it to make it that much better. Nobody knows who's going to get the pass around. Um, but that, that hat had eventually, uh, an antenna that was hooked to it that you could extend, you know, off of an old radio or something. It had these little, uh, what do you call those little... Dingle ball things. Yeah, all sewed around the outside of it, you know. And so we added to it every year. And that's just always been a fun Christmas tradition that we've had is see who's going to get the gift and what's been added to it this year. That is a great story. Currently we're doing a painting and some of the things that get added to the painting are great. You know, we talked about doing several different things this year, and we were all concerned we wouldn't have stories, but we do, and, and it's kind of nice to dig back. You may be surprised next year when I say, we're going to do stories again, because <laughs> I've got three or four of them, and I'm not even going to get to them today. Uh, Kristen. Okay, I, I've been thinking about this, and we listened to the podcast last night, and I don't know if it was in last year's 
podcast that you guys talked about, our family tradition of going to Christmas Eve, the Christmas Eve yeah. service or not. But my junior year at, um, it was Johnson Bible College then, it's now Johnson University, um, I had to drive, well, let me back up. So I had somehow managed to get a job at the mall as a Christmas elf. And, and was tallest Christmas elf yeah. in the history of the mall. And I was really good at it. And so the lady that ran the booth or whatever you call that area, they I just I remember they played Celebrate Good Times every half hour. <laughs> I, I don't even like that song anymore because of that just random thing. But uh, she needed me to work Christmas Eve because everybody was you know calling in whatever. Well, we had, we had shut down the line because I knew I needed to leave. I think we were supposed to be done by noon because, you know, Santa has to go. Go do his job. Right. <laughs> and so we, we did everything right, shut down the line, but there weren't enough workers to enforce it. Like somebody had to take the picture. Somebody had to sell the picture. So, it, so I told her, like, you are the last person in line. She kept letting people in front of her being so kind. <laughs> so kind. But... It was not kind to the workers. Who, yeah. And meanwhile, snow is coming down in an ice mix, and I need to get from East Tennessee to West Tennessee um, in time for the candlelight service. Did you had to play piano. I don't, well. well you did Silent Night. I, I don't that. remember exactly what yeah. ended up happening, but I was on my way home super late and um, about well, at the Bucksnort, Tennessee exit. Bucksnort. <laughs> which like y'all have to know from mm-hmm. your travels what Absolutely. that exit looks like. Um, it's dangerous. <laughs> it's not a good exit. No. But at the one mile sign for the exit, I lose a tire in the fast lane. And so I like slide over and I park. <laughs> and I sit there for a few minutes because this is before everybody had cell phones or whatever. And I'm crying, <laughs> and I'm thinking, what am I supposed to do? I have a trunk full of all my college gear. And so uh, within a few minutes, a police officer shows up. He puts the donut on and tells me to drive really slow. And I get off at the Bucksnort exit to call my parents <laughs> to tell them, I don't know when I'm going to be there. And they say, drive very slow. And... I'm terrified because, again, ice, snow, it's a, it's really bad. It's like one of the worst times I've ever had to drive. And I got there as people were filing out of the service. So at the end of the candlelight service, everyone would take communion, and then they would file out quietly. And our family yeah. always took it last. And so, and all the elders and people in the church, the leadership team, knew what was going on, but I don't know that everybody did. Hmm. And they had been praying that I would get there safely. And so I um, I come in like right as my family's about to go take communion. It was kind of like the end of a Hallmark yeah. movie. It's a Christmas <laughs> miracle. <laughs> it was, it was a miracle. Really nice. It was really nice. And then we went home and did our family traditions that I yeah. still carry. I do remember that night. I forgot that you didn't get there to play, but I remember I was so concerned. We weren't, of course, didn't hear from you, and the weather was bad. I knew you were trying to get there to be a part of it right. because that was such a big part of our lives. Uh, the nine years we were in Lexington. And before Life 360, or mm-hmm. I can't imagine if that was one of my kids, how I would feel now. Right. Well, mine, uh, I'm going to share this year, goes back more than 20 years ago when we were in Lexington, Tennessee, which is about 60 miles from here, doing new church work. I was invited to come to a men's breakfast, on preacher's breakfast on Mondays here in Corinth. That used to be a real big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Christian church preachers from the from North Mississippi would gather, and they always sit on Monday because that's when preachers normally write their resignations when they've had a bad day, and so they, they said, don't bring anything to, this is not a business meeting, just come and enjoy breakfast, and I did, and I think it was a year or two in that I learned that they have a Christmas dinner in uh, out at a place called Pratt's, Mississippi, uh, across at a little restaurant, steakhouse, at a crossroads in the middle of nowhere, really, out, out of Baldwin, Mississippi. And I said, you don't mind if a Tennessee fella comes along? They already had a couple of Tennessee guys coming. They, no? So Beth and I made plans and came, and we went to that dinner, and then we went we crossed went across the street. We did not know we were supposed to bring a dessert, but there was plenty of food there. And we sat down in that little chapel at Pratt's Christian Church, and we sang Christmas hymns, just traditional Christmas hymns, in that little country church. And of course, it's preachers and their wives, and boy, they really sang. Mm. Uh, and and that just made our Christmas because it was so busy. We were in a growing church. There were so many programs, getting ready for that Christmas Eve program, everything else. And this just set the stage for us early in December and became a tradition for Beth and I. So for over 20 years, we've been discussing this, for over 20 mm. years, we've been attending that preacher's dinner. Uh, last night, uh, uh, we, we had it and they had to move it to the Baldwin Church because they have a new preacher at Pratt's and he wasn't aware of what was going on and probably get moved back next year, but had a great time anyway. And uh, you heard me tell this last night, but on the way there, uh, we were thinking about the people, uh, Jim from Itawamba Church and, and Clarice and um, Furman and Annie Glow and, and, and Joe Carraway, who used yeah. to be at Pratt's. And yeah. Joe called Joe me. And Joan. Joe called me every year just to say, now don't forget, Tom, it's the Christmas dinner. And I always appreciated that. I wasn't going to forget, but I appreciated that he cared enough to call. And on the way out there, Beth said, you know, <clears throat> what I miss is that the old the old folks, you know, a lot of them are gone, passed away, gone on to the Lord. She said, I miss that the old ones aren't there. And I got quiet from him. I said, well, no, they're there, honey. Look in the mirror. Because <laughs> last year we were the oldest couple. Now, I don't think we were this year. But last year, we looked around and realized we started going there when we were in our 30s. And now in our 60s, we're, some years, we're the oldest couple. But that means a great deal to me because with the preachers, and you can see on their faces and you can hear in their voices how much it means to everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, I wish every, every preacher in the country had something like that to do every year. But uh, that's my memory and goes way back and comes right up to last night when we were together. Well, we've got some coffee to drink and some donuts and uh, some cards to write. So <clears throat> does anybody have anything else they want to share? Well, you're a talking. <laughs> so uh, it's our hope and prayer that you all have a safe, healthy, blessed, and Christ-filled Christmas. And until next time, for Lori, Greg, Kristen, Beth, and myself, this is Evangelist Tom Weaver saying goodbye, and may God pour down his blessings on you like a Mississippi rain. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a happy